0: Welcome. Welcome to Petey's Power Hour. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Petey. And in today's mini episode, we're going to be talking about Maker's Mark bourbon. Maker's Mark I wanted to do this week as a sort of contrast to last mini, where we were doing Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey. And Maker's Mark, being from Kentucky, is sort of like, I feel like there's a sort of internal riff between the two. Which is better, Tennessee whiskey or Kentucky bourbon? Ooh, it's going to brawl it out. (laughs) So I chose Maker's Mark because it's very distinct. It's one of the most iconic bottles of bourbon out there with its wax top. So don't worry, we'll talk about the wax top. But before we get started into our Maker's Mark journey, I also wanted to do these kind of minis as an opportunity to read emails I get. And I'm so excited I got my first email the other day from Jeffrey. And Jeffrey writes, first of all, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Thank you, Jeffrey. It's off to a great start and I'm excited to see how it grows and evolves. In a previous episode, you mentioned making your own mixers, specifically how easy it is to make simple syrup. It inspired me to do so going forward when making margaritas, which is my wife's go-to drink. So I wondered if you had a good recipe for a standard margarita. I usually do fresh lime juice, tequila, and agave in a shaker with ice, then taste and adjust as needed. If we have Cointreau or Grand Marnier, I will top it off with a shot of that. It's good, but I've had better at good restaurants, and I'm not sure what the trick is. Can you help me out? I have more questions, especially regarding gin, but I will try to keep some of them in the chamber so I can write in again. Thanks for the fun, educational show. Nostrovia! As cheers in Polish, Jeffrey. I hope I pronounced Nostrovia right. Um, I had a friend who spoke a little bit of Polish, so I think I've heard it before. <laughs> but Thank you for the email, Jeffrey. I really appreciate it, especially your kind words. To answer your question, what I think you should do is, especially for the agave, agave sort of has this viscous flavor, very similar to honey. And when trying to make that into a cocktail... Sometimes, because of that texture, it doesn't integrate as well to into the cocktail whenever you're shaking it. So what I would do is I would just sort of add a little bit of warm water to the agave. Make sure you stir it up, and that kind of thins it out a little bit. Now, I mean just a little bit, just in a little bit as you go, because you don't want it to be watered down as much, of course, but you want it to have less of a viscous texture so it can integrate better into the cocktail and also you had mentioned if you have Cointreau or Grand Marnier you will top it off with the cocktail with that what I would do is I would add the Cointreau or Grand Marnier when you're adding the lime juice and the agave syrup and the tequila and shake it with all of the ingredients together Having it separate, I mean, having a floater of something like that on top to finish is good, but I think for a margarita, integrating all of those flavors together is really going to make it shine. So that's my advice. See how it goes. Let me know if it works for you. Uh, Usually I kind of think like the ratio is if you have like half a cup of agave if you're making if you're making like a syrup that's gonna like you know obviously you don't want to put half a cup of agave syrup into one cocktail this is for many cocktails (laughs) half a cup of agave to like one fourth so like half that a cup of warm water to help thin it out a little bit and you should be fine but let me know how it goes let me know if you hate it you love it want to hear it all (laughs) so let's go into bourbon Maker's Mark Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Got my cute little bottle in my hand. Even has the wax top on it, even for a mini, which is quite impressive, I think. (laughs) Maker's Mark was purchased by T. William Bills Samuels Sr. on October 1st, 1953. He purchased formerly known as Burke's Distillery, which is in Loretto, Kentucky. This distillery, Burke's Distillery, um, used to be a grist mill, so just grinding up grain for like breads and such. But then in 1905, it was turned into a spirits distill, into a whiskey distillery. And of course, that's just bad timing because then Prohibition just hit right around the corner and they had to stop production. Once Prohibition ended, a couple new owners, 1935, they refurbished and reconstructed the distillery and started making whiskey again in 1937. But since then... Burke's Distillery, now known as Maker's Mark, has been designated a National Historic Landmark as of December 16th, 1980, which is pretty cool because this is the first distillery in America to be recognized as a historic landmark building while still active in production. So that's kind of cool. It's like it's like a nice historic thing about it. (laughs) So since 1981, it's been sold a bunch of times. Pretty much Bill Samuels Sr. sold the company in 1981, but the family has always saw production of the whiskey. Now, current state, it's owned by Beam Suntory, who also own Gene Beam, Booker's Suntory Whiskey, etc. So the big conglomerate, big boys. But the family is still overseeing its production even now, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, it's gone corporate, of course, as we know, because it's all over the place, but the family's still involved. So that's nice. So last time we talked about a mini, we also also talked about Jack Daniels and their sudden drop in alcohol proof of their whiskey. Maker's Mark has a sort of similar story. So in 2013, the company sent a mass email out announcing plans to reduce the alcohol strength of the whiskey, pretty much claiming that uh, the reason for the change was in order to increase the volume. So there'd be a 6% increase in volume if the change was implemented. So it would go to 45% alcohol to 40% alcohol. But then that was quickly redacted. Like two weeks later, the company said that it's reconsidered its decision after the strong negative reaction from customers and would continue to bottle at the original strength. So I thought that was kind of cool that they really put consideration and asked customer feedback on whether that would be okay. Now, of course, the whiskey... People are going to be very upset because reducing the proof is pretty much adding more water into the whiskey, and a lot of whiskey purists don't want that. I mean, cast strength is a really big thing right now, um, just because you're getting the purest example of the alcohol. So, yeah. But I thought it was pretty cool that at least they put they they put their consider they put the consideration of the customer first and said, you know what, people gonna be pissed, we ain't gonna do it. So. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so let's talk about bourbon. It's on this label? It says Kentucky Straight Bourbon. What does that mean? Well, we know what Kentucky is, it's a state. Straight bourbon, what does that mean? Well, this straight bourbon has some like legal requirements in order to put that onto the label. Straight bourbon must be at least two years old If it's older than two, but younger than four, it does not have to carry an age statement. But if it does have an age statement, that age statement must reflect the youngest bourbon in the barrel. And bourbon cannot have any added colorings or flavors to it. It has to be aged in new white American oak. Every time the mash is distilled, it's put in new American oak barrels. And it has to be at least 51% corn. The 51% corn really makes it a sweeter mash. But Maker's Mark does it a little bit different where they add red winter wheat into their mash. So they have red winter wheat corn, and malted barley. So they're actually using no rye whatsoever, which is pretty rare for bourbon. Rye is a really prominent ingredient. It adds a little bit of spiciness to it, kind of a little bit of bitterness, I guess you could say, whereas the corn keeps it sweet, so it kind of balances it out. But... The um, Bill Samuels, the original owner of Maker's Mark, didn't like it. He didn't like the taste of the rye. So what they did is sort of um, to test it out. They baked bread with each ingredient. So they made uh, wheat bread, corn bread, malted uh, barley bread, and a rye bread. And he didn't like the taste of the rye. So they completely omitted it from the mash bill. So I liked how bread was incorporated there as like... If it makes good bread that you like, then it's going to make good whiskey. Now, of course, that's a preference. I myself love me some rye bread with peanut butter and toast in the morning. So that's just a preference to what Bill Sanders liked. (laughs) So Maker's Mark is aged around six years. It's one of the few distilleries to rotate the barrels from the upper to the lower levels of the aging warehouses during aging process. There's like a lot of temperature differences in these warehouses. So moving them around adds a little bit more consistency to it. So the upper floors are exposed to the greatest amount of temperature because it's closer because hot air rises. (laughs) For those of us, two story houses that, you know, we all know that song and dance (laughs) during the summer. So rotating the barrels kind of helps ensures that the barrels get the even amount of heat exposure and kind of have a consistent quality to the taste and these barrels are big and heavy so you can imagine how labor-intensive that is moving barrels that are like 50 feet in the air down to the bottom and vice versa like what a pain in the ass (laughs) and then last but not least this bourbon is double distilled, so only twice distilled. So that's a little bit about how this whiskey is made. And I'm, int- I'm really most intrigued by that there's no rye in this. So I'm excited whenever we go through this tasting. But let's talk about the most icon- iconic thing about this bottle is this wax top. Whose idea was to add this thing? it's quite catching to be perfectly honest it definitely adds a bit of luxury to it by adding this wax top to it so this was actually thought up by bill's samuel's wife margie margie used to dip all the bottles by hand in her kitchen and she was like the marketing guru apparently she was like oh this will make it fancy Let's, let's do this let's make it different which i think is genius the bottle shape which is also really iconic is based inspired by margie had a collection of 19th century cognac bottles and she really wanted to replicate that She had a particular style and a particular eye for things, which I think was very, very catching. Good for her. (laughs) So even if you visit the distillery today, um, they're doing the dipping of the bottles by hand in the wax. And so if you go visit, you can still do that to this day. You can really go dip it in yourself and do your own little bottles, which is fun. I'm sure it's a mess, but (laughs) I'm sure there's a couple bad eggs in there that people will do but i you know maybe someday that's pretty cool to try so let's open this bad boy okay so here's also another thing that can be kind of difficult with er is me trying to open this thing Is the wax so thankfully Maker's Mark adds this little tab, at least on this mini, so you're able to like pull across the wax and get it open. If you can't get to the tab, here is my suggestion to you. Just tear it open. I've seen a lot of people, like, especially like wine bottles and such, with the wax top, and they try to dig out the wax and cut it down in order to open it. Mm Mm-mm. If you got a wax top on a wine battle, just go straight into the wax and go through to the cork with your corkscrew. Don't be trying to chip away at this thing, making a hot mess out of your kitchen or hot mess out of your dining room. Just go straight in there and it'll pull out naturally. It'll be nice and clean. No mess. Okay, maybe a tiny mess, but nothing like you trying to grind away at this thing. So I've got them pulling off the wax, open it up. Well, because it's a mini, it's actually a little screw top. Beautiful. So let's give it our tasting notes. Color, ooh, that's quite dark in my glass. I think it's more of a dark caramel color, more of a kind of like a oaky brown. It's like the color of oak, like oak oak floors kind of thing. Much darker brown than the Tennessee whiskey was. Very pretty color though. Very bright, almost kind of golden to it. Get a good nose. Now I could I could smell it the second I opened it. It's got very much that sweet corn nose lot of sweetness in this oh my goodness caramel honey toasty toasty caramel touch of vanilla really quite lovely I'm, I'm very surprised how striking and strong this nose is let's give it a taste wow that's a sweet bourbon very sweet no bitterness at all i feel quite a bit of warmth through my chest as it's going down it is a little bit of higher proof 45% alcohol 90 proof so a little bit more so you definitely feel that alcohol you really don't feel i mean if you had rye before you kind of get that spiciness this has no spiciness whatsoever it's very soft and sweet and very rich although not very long finish i've kind of felt like with that kind of body and with that texture like it doesn't hold very well it just kind of it comes in and it goes out and then it's done although the nice warmingness in my chest that's the alcohol so overall that's a pretty good bourbon comparatively to the tennessee whiskey i'd get no apple notes from this whereas the tennessee whiskey i got a lot more apple notes This one is more of that sweetness, that kind of, it's very cherried, lots of sweet cherry notes to it. Short finish, but really good nose and flavor profile to it. Again, I probably wouldn't necessarily sip this on its own, although I'm really surprised by the nose. I love that cherried nose. I probably wouldn't sip this on its own. I would, again, try to make it into a cocktail. Bourbon cocktails, I really enjoy, but for this particular one, I think maybe some lemon some simple syrup, bourbon, and egg white. And that makes a a whiskey sour. So a classic whiskey sour is made with egg white. And you're probably thinking, oh my God, are you trying to kill me with salmonella? No. (laughs) The egg white actually adds a creaminess to the cocktail that is really delicious. But in order to make it, here's here's what you do. Two ounces of bourbon, three-fourths an ounce of simple syrup, three-fourths an ounce of lemon juice and one egg white. Put it into your cocktail shaker. No ice. Zero ice. Shake real hard for like 30 seconds. Like like your life depended on it. This is called a dry shake. Dry because there's no ice. You're just shaking it. Once you've done dry shaking it from until your arms fall off, add ice and then shake it some more. Shake it for like another 30 seconds so your arms really feel like they're going to fall off. Take a chilled coupe glass or martini glass. I don't have any coupe glasses in this house, unfortunately, sucks. Double strain, so double strain pretty much means you take your regular strainer and then you add a little mini strainer underneath. If you don't have it, cool, whatever, just single strain, but strain it into a chilled martini or coupe glass and then add a couple drops of bitters on the top because there's gonna be that nice foam layer from the egg white. So it'll look real pretty and real fancy. And if you wanna get super, super fancy, you take like a toothpick and like put a line through the center of the bitters. So then it draws like a pretty picture. Oh, you'd be so fancy. <laughs> Little sexy cocktail right there. You can do that with a lot of drinks actually. Adding the egg white just is, adds it's like a neutral flavor with a, a textural component to it. But you got to make sure you shake the living hell out of it. This is not for the faint of heart. You're going to get you're going to get really good strong sexy arms from doing this a lot. So, get your get your push-ups in and then shake it with egg white. <laughs> but I would love that with this with this whiskey. Because of the sweetness to it, I think the lemon would complement it beautifully. And that extra textural note of the egg white would, I think, would really be beneficial to this liquor. So let me know what you think. Makers, I'm sure maybe you've had Maker's Mark before. Love it. Hate it. Let me know what you think. Try the cocktail. Let me know what you think there. I want to hear it all. But thank you for chatting with me about Maker's Mark. I'm kind of surprised by how how fruity, how much cherry note, and how sweet this is. I mean, I can really see how, too, it's a really popular whiskey because of the sweetness. That sweetness can be really, really pleasing to the American palate. So thank you for joining me. You can find me on Twitter at PD's Power Hour, or you can email me your questions, comments, or concerns to PowerHour at gmail.com. Jeffrey, hit me up with another email. I want those questions. And if you like what you heard here, head over to polykill.com to to find more fun podcasts like this one. Or if you just want to help out the show, please rate and review on your preferred listening application. Just takes a hot second, and it really helps the show. Thank you, my friends. Drink well. Bye.